Hi everyone, this is Jill Diarpino with Aftermath of Suicide. I am going to do another short podcast. I came across this um, essay that was the last essay written by Steve Jobs. And he could have, he was a son of a bitch many, many times. If you've read his, the book called Steve Jobs, great book, by the way. Um, but he admits it too. He admitted it. it he is like, <laughs> that's how he was. But anyway, um, I always was intrigued by him. He was very smart and I loved a lot of his quotes. But I'm going to read this last essay about life because I think it's really good for so many people to hear, <clears throat> especially now. So it says, Steve Jobs died a billionaire at age 56. This is his final essay. He writes, I reached the pinnacle of success in the business world. In some others' eyes, my life is the epitome of success. However, aside from work, I have little joy. In the end, my wealth is only a fact of life that I am accustomed to. At this moment, lying on my bed and recalling my life, I realize that all the recognition and wealth that I took so much pride in have paled and become meaningless in the face of my death. You can employ someone to drive the car for you, make money for you, but you cannot have someone bear your sickness for you. Material things lost can be found or replaced, but there is one thing that can never be found when it's lost, life. Whichever stage in life you are right now with time, you will face the day when the curtain comes down. Treasure love for your family, love for your spouse, love for your friends. Treat yourself well and cherish others. As we grow older and hopefully wiser, we realize that a $300 or a $30 watch both tell the same time. You will realize that your true inner happiness does not come from the material things of this world. Whether you fly first class or economy, if the plane goes down, you go down with it. Therefore, I hope you realize when you have mates, buddies, and old friends, brothers and sisters, who you can chat with, laugh with, talk with, have sing songs with, talk about north, south, east, west, or heaven on earth, that is true happiness. Don't educate your children to be rich, educate them to be happy. So when they grow up, they will know the value of things and not the price. Eat your food as your medicine, otherwise you have to eat medicine as your food. The one who loves you will never leave you for another because even if there are a hundred reasons to give up, he or she will find a reason to hold on. There is a big difference between a human being and being human. Only a few really understand it. You are loved when you are born. You will be loved when you die. In between, you have to manage. The six best doctors in the world are sunlight, rest, exercise, diet, self-confidence, and friends. Maintain them in all stages and enjoy a healthy life. I thought that was well said and so simplistic, really, when you think about, right, how many billions of dollars he's worth his family is now worth and he couldn't save his own life that's sad I mean that is so sad 
to have all that, but you can't buy life. And it just made me really think about, you know, people that put so much importance on a better house than you and a nicer car. And and those are all nice things. Don't get me wrong. But he's correct on the the watch tells the same time, whether it's 1500 or 10,000. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed the book, Steve Jobs. If you haven't, uh, you know, read it, do so. There's a lot of great advice, things he's, he teaches and talks about through the experiences of his life. If those that don't know this, he was adopted. And, um, you know, so he was actually born the, the year before me and a day after, February 26th, I'm the 25th. And he was really just down the street from me in my hometown. I was born in, and raised in Saratoga, California. And um, so anyway, I hope that you enjoyed this little uh, tidbit and listen to it again, you know, share it with people that you know can benefit from it or could use it right now. And check on those that um, you know are alone, that need help. Even just a phone call, guys, you know, I'm not asking you to cure somebody, but depression and loneliness is, it's a killer. I mean, it's a killer, literally. So be kind, be kind to yourself and to other people and take care. Hi, good afternoon, everybody. This is Jill D'Arpino from Aftermath of Suicide. You know, I wanna share this article I just read because it's huge and important as untreated depression is the number one cause of suicide. Um, This article written by Joanna Moncrief and Mark Horowitz called Depression Probably Isn't Caused by a Chemical Imbalance, says the study. Around one in six American adults are taking the ineffective drugs based on the likely false serotonin theory of depression. For three decades, people have been deluged with information suggesting that depression is caused by a chemical imbalance in the brain, namely an imbalance of the brain chemical called serotonin, which, by the way, is a happy hormone. However, our latest research review shows that the evidence doesn't support it. Although first proposed in the 60s, the serotonin theory of depression started to be widely promoted by the pharmaceutical industry and in the 90s in association with its efforts to market a new range of antidepressants known as selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, or SSRIs. The idea was also endorsed by official institutions such as American Psychiatric Association, which still tells the public that differences in certain chemicals in the brain may contribute to symptoms of depression. And yes, I believe that. Countless doctors have repeated the message all over the world in their private practice and in media. People accepted what they were told and many started taking antidepressants because they believed they had something wrong with their brain that required an antidepressant to put right 
That is not true, by the way. I'll address that in a minute. In the period of this market marketing push, antidepressants use, use climbed dramatically, and they're now prescribed to one in six of the adult population in England and in the United States, for example. For a long time, certain academics, including some leading psychiatrists, have suggested that there's no satisfactory set in talk satisfactory evidence to support the idea that depression is a result of abnormality low or inactive serotonin. Others continue to endorse the theory. Until now, however, there has been no comprehensive review of the research on serotonin and depression that can enable firm conclusions either way. And I'll address this in a minute. At first sight, the fact that SSRI type antidepressants act on the serotonin system appears to support the serotonin theory of depression. SSRIs temporarily increase the availability of serotonin in the brain, but this doesn't necessarily imply that depression is caused by the opposite of this effect. True, that's true. There are other explanations for antidepressants effects. In fact, drug trials show that antidepressants are barely distinguishable from a placebo. That's not true, by the way. When it comes to treating depression, also antidepressants appear to have generalized emotion-numbing numbing effect that may influence people's moods, although we don't know how this effect is produced or much about it. Well, then how are you writing an article if you don't know how it's produced or much about it? By the way, I do believe that medication can influence people's moods by the emotional numbing, which I've had people tell me that that is their side effect of it, and they didn't like it, and, and I don't blame them. Um, there have been extensive research on serotonin since the 90s, but it hasn't been collected systematically, systemically before. We conducted an umbrella review that involved systematically identifying and collating existing over, overviews of the evidence from each of the main areas of research into serotonin and depression. Although there have been systemic, I'm trying to read this paper, reviews of individual areas in the past, none have combined the evidence from all of the different areas taking this approach. One area of research was included was research comparing levels of serotonin and its breakdown products in the blood or brain fluid. Overall, this research didn't show a difference between people with depression and those without depression. And I beg to differ with that, by the way. Another area of research has focused on serotonin receptors, which are proteins at the end of the nerves that serotonin links up with, which can transmit or inhibit serotonin's effects. Research on the most commonly investigated serotonin receptors suggested either no difference between people without depression or that serotonin, serotonin activity was actually increased in people with depression the opposite of the serotonin theory's prediction. Research on the serotonin transporter, that is the protein that helps to terminate the effect of serotonin, also suggested that if anything, there was increased serotonin activity in people with depression. However, these findings may be explained by the fact that many participants in the studies have used or were currently using antidepressants. We also looked at research that explored whether depression can be induced in volunteers by artificially lowering levels of serotonin. Very large studies involving tens of thousands of patients looked at gene variation, including the gene that has the instructions for making the serotonin transporter. 
They found no evidence in the frequency of varieties of this gene between people with depression and healthy controls. Although a famous early study found a relationship between the serotonin transporter gene and stressful life events, larger, more comprehensive studies suggest no such relationship exists. Stressful life events in themselves, however, exerted a strong effect on people's subsequent risk of developing depression. I'm going to stop right here for a minute. We all have stressful lives, some more than others, and some people handle stress differently. But to say that stress, basically a stressful life, however exerted, is a possible link of developing depression, I don't think so. Some of the studies in our overview that included people were taking or had previously taken antidepressants showed evidence that antidepressants may actually lower the concentration or activity of serotonin. The serotonin theory of depression has been one of the most influential and extensively researched biological theories of the origins of depression. Our study shows that this view isn't supported by scientific evidence. It also calls into question the basis for the use of antidepressants. There's no except pharmacological mechanism for how antidepressants might affect depression. <laughs> then how are, how are you writing this article? Uh, for Antidepressants might affect depression. Okay, so if antidepressants exert their efforts as placebos or by numbing emotions, then it isn't clear that they do more good than harm. Although viewing depression as a biological disorder may seem like it would reduce stigma. In fact, research has shown the opposite and also that people who believe their own depression is due to a chemical imbalance are more pessimistic about their chances of recovery. Bullshit. Okay. It's important that people know that the idea that depression results from a chemical imbalance is hypothetical and we don't understand what temporarily elevating serotonin changes produced by antidepressants due to the brain. Well, then how are you writing this article? I say again. We conclude that it's impossible to say that taking SSRI and antidepressants is worthwhile or even completely safe. If you're taking them, please do not stop doing so uh, without speaking to your doctor first, but people need to have all the information to make a decision. Okay, that's the end of that article. But... Now, let me address all this, and I'm only going to speak as for myself, okay? And I can tell you this firsthand because I'm talking about me, not anybody else. Not everybody needs antidepressants. It's going to affect people in different ways based on what is going on in your life, okay? Um, if untreated depression is the number one cause of suicide, then that means all suicides, except for, let's take out those people that, you know, went, overdosed on drugs or did, you know, whatever that, that affected and, and maybe triggered that suicide. Let's just talk about just depression. Now, you're telling me that those that suffer with depression and there wasn't alcohol involved or drugs or anything took their life. Why? Okay, I, I beg to differ with this article, and I can only go by my before my son took his life and after. 
and the trigger that it caused of depression in me was dumbfounded. I, I didn't even I didn't even know how to handle this traumatic, devastating experience and PTSD that I still have, by the way. But I can tell you this, when I was on Lexapro, and this again is just me, I'm not saying take it, don't take it, whatever. I was on 20 milligrams of Lexapro, which was doing absolutely nothing for me. When my ex at the time, husband, left me six months after Mike took his life, I ended up in the hospital with a breakdown. The psychiatrist that was treating me in there stated that he wants to put me on Wellbutrin because it has more serotonin in it than the Lexapro that I was taking, and it will make me feel happier. He was absolutely right. It made a world of difference. So I do not believe totally, completely, this article, that none of it is a chemical imbalance. I'm not saying all of it, but I believe some of it is, and I'm only going by the drug I was on, the drug I'm on now, how I was before my son took his life, now. I thank God that they invented it, okay? Because it has saved a lot of people's lives being on antidepressants. Again, I'm not pushing meds. It's not for everybody. Based on your circumstances, what was going on in your life and is going on, that it may help you or not help you. So every, you know, you can't just do a blanket statement like this with a broad stroke of a brush that, you know, we're all people that are given this really don't need it or probably don't need it. And you see genetically, I have it in my family on um, my mom and her sister, they were depressed. They suffered with that. So genetically, I believe it could be there. And of course, it could have been lying in my body and then my son's uh, suicide triggered it. Who knows? But all I can tell you is it helped me and I noticed the difference between the Lexapro and the Wellbutrin. And they're two different types of antidepressants. As you guys all know that have either been on them, doctors can try many, many on you because everybody's different. Everybody's chemical in their brain is affected and and, um, affected differently by that drug. Some it works for, some it doesn't, some it makes completely sick, uh, gives them a headache, you know, all of those things. So this article is interesting, but it really didn't have enough scientific evidence, which it said it kind of did, based on what? I mean, you're just kind of doing a test. Um, Again, I'm going to go back to over a million people a year worldwide take their life. Untreated depression is the number one cause of suicide. So I'm not saying again, everybody has a chemical imbalance that is depressed or takes their life, but you're definitely, there's some correlation there of those that take their life and the lack of serotonin in their brain. And actually, Dr. Amen, which is pronounced, really spelled A-M-E-N, just like amen, is a, you know, 
deals with the brain. All he does is scans and, you know, different things for the brain. You can look him up. He's a good doctor, but he also talks about serotonin. So it's important. That is a happy drug, you know, a drug that our body makes on its own, which gives us that, that happiness, the dopamine, the adrenaline. Okay. So, you know, this article was a little bit iffy, but I did want to share it with you guys. So, you know, you could make up your own mind, but at least you're informed. And I always believe about being informed. If you're not informed, how can you you know, make a decision. How do you even know anything that people might be talking about? How do you even, you know, um, have get in on the conversation when you really don't know? Um, that's why I do my research. That's why I'm not one that will sit here and give people um, my two cents if I didn't even look it up or have any clue about what I'm talking about. And I'm only saying this because I personally have been affected by it. Um, And so it has worked for me. Again, it's not for everybody, and I'm not pushing drugs. But I don't believe that everybody that's on antidepressants really doesn't need to be on them. So you decide for yourself. You can talk it over with your doctor. If you have any questions for me or have an opinion, you know, you can reach out to me at jill at aftermathofsuicide.com. Or aftermathofsuicide.jill at gmail.com. All right, so everybody, enjoy your weekend. Be kind. Be kind to yourself, number one. And then please be kind to other people. Pass it on. Give a smile. You know, it's, it's free. It doesn't cost you anything to be kind. Take care.